What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to talk to the entire band of Boy Named Banjo. We had Barton, William, Willard, Sam, and Ford on, all to discuss their journeys in music and how the band started, and we did that conversation over Zoom video. All the guys in the band are originally from Nashville in Tennessee, and they all talk about how they individually got into music. Both Barton and Ford, their moms were piano teachers growing up, and each of them only took one lesson from their mom, which I think is pretty funny. Sam, who plays drums in the band, he took piano lessons and stuck with it for a while. Uh, he talked about how he ended up getting into drums. We hear about how Ford picked up bass at 13 years old, eventually started to play stand-up bass. Barton plays banjo. William plays uh, the guitar and harmonica. He talks about how he got into harmonica at uh, Centennial Park, took a lesson there. Uh, Willard plays the mandolin and the electric guitar in the band. The band actually started with Barton, William, and Willard. They put out their first album when uh, the guys were still in high school. So they talk about that. Uh, putting out the next recording, which actually featured Sam. Uh, we hear about how Sam met up with Barton, William, and Willard. And a few years down the line, Ford joined as their bass player. They talk about uh, the process of recording the album Circles and how it started in 2017, but was released in 2021, kind of due to the pandemic. We hear about the success of their song called Feel For You, what it was like signing their record deal via Zoom <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, and they talk all about their new song, which is called What Keeps Me Going. You can watch her interview with Boy Named Banjo on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Boy Named Banjo. Awesome. Uh, well, I, I thank you all again for, for doing this. My name's Adam, and this is about you all and your journey in music. I want to kind of get the origin story of the band and we'll talk about the the new at least the new record you have coming out or the new one you just released and everything uh else going on yeah awesome awesome thanks Sweet. for having us yeah i'm just gonna go to start with uh barton because you're the first one on my my list here on my uh on the side so where uh where were you born and raised are you from nashville i am from nashville tennessee um about a mile from where I'm currently sitting right now. Wow. So you grew up here. That's awesome. Yep. We actually all grew up here. Oh, okay. Did you all meet like uh, in school or something or later down the line? Yeah. I mean, Willard and Ford went all the way back to preschool. Um, and then Willard and William went to elementary through high school together. But I met William in high school. And that's kind of where Boy and Manjo got started. And then we met Sam um shortly after that wow okay so yeah you guys have been together for a while then um barton do you come from a musical household i do um my mom is a piano teacher so there was oh. always piano good and bad coming uh <laughs> from the downstairs my dad plays banjo not professionally um and also upright bass 
And that was always in my ears growing up as a kid, which is cool. But yeah. So did you start on piano? I would imagine probably just because your mom taught it. <laughs> I took one lesson from my mom growing up and it was a total train wreck. And <laughs> I swore I'd never do it again, but <laughs> I actually didn't. So banjo was my first instrument. Um, and my dad kind of helped me get started on that when I was about 15 or 16. Oh, awesome. And uh, what about you, Ford? So you're obviously uh, from Nashville as well. Do you come from a musical household? Yeah. So uh, you're not going to believe this. My mom was also a piano teacher. No uh, way. And, um, <laughs> Rivaling uh, teachers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I also, uh, I started out on piano. I took like one lesson with my mom and then that wasn't really clicking. And then I took more piano lessons. I actually got kicked out of piano classes for not practicing. Oh, uh, really? Were you taking it from I, uh, Barton's mom? No, not from Barton's mom. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? That, that would have been funny. Um, <laughs> no, then I, I switched to bass and like probably when I was like 13. Um, and then uh, switched over to upright bass when I was like 16 or 17. Okay. Uh, and now I play both. Wow. So what drew to bass? Was it just something you're interested in? Man, I got a Guitar Center catalog in the mail and just saw one and it was just like a, I, I don't know. I just saw the picture of it. I was like, I got to have that. And so I went and I begged my parents for it and they bought it for me. Uh, and then, yeah. But then going to upright bass, I mean, that's quite a jump, especially the, the size and I would imagine everything else. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really like want to do it. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my mom just got it and uh, gave it to me and was like, you're going to learn how to play this so you can get a, so you can get into college and it worked. Oh. So yeah. Um, so you went to college for upright bass or bass, yeah, I guess. I yeah. Upright did you bass. go to Belmont? Uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So did you do like upright bass in the school band and all that stuff? I mean, to get into um, the school, you must yeah, have had so, to. Um, I, I was a jazz studies major um, and then played in the orchestra all four years. Um, and then realized that music was pretty hard to play. And so then I switched over to bluegrass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you you grew up with the with the guys and, and the rest of the guys in the band. Were yeah. you guys all in a band like in high school or anything? Um, I played a couple boy named banjo shows in high school. Um, I'd, I'd been playing upright for about a month. Um, and then played a couple gigs with, uh, Barton, William and Willard. Um, but yeah, I, I played in other bands too. Um, nothing, okay. nothing of note, but <laughs> But I'll say, so the, the band uh, started in high, I mean, uh, Boy Named Banjo started when you, the rest of you guys were in high school then? That's where it that kind of originated? And then later, obviously, um, Ford joined and Sam joined later. Is that how it started? Yeah. It, uh, we started out as a trio, uh, Barton, Willard, and I. Um, and, you know, like we were saying, Ford popped in uh, for a couple shows uh, as a bass player. And then when we were about, I think freshman in college or something like that, we were rehearsing over at Willard's parents garage or downstairs area. And, um, 
Sam just walked over from next door because he was dating Willard's neighbor. Um, oh, wow. And just said, you guys need a drummer. And so we had Sam on full time from there. And then Ford kind of came back full circle, um, I guess, right after college. Yeah, um, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2017, because he was working at um, United Record Pressing. Yep. Oh, it? wow. We, we got him for a one show up at Swanee. And um, I think he, you came with us and quit your you quit your job the next day. So yeah, I did. <laughs> that was that is how we all five permanently came together there. But so it's been a very slow roll, you know. Yeah. Wow. Because you had some records out prior to that. I mean, b- before yeah. yeah, you enjoyed the band. Um, William, what about you? How did you get into music? You're again. I don't need to ask where you're from because yeah. Nashville yeah, area. I'm I'm also from Nashville. Um, and uh. Man, musically, I my dad uh, had an acoustic guitar, um, wasn't necessarily a player or anything, but um, let's see, Centennial Park was doing free harmonica lessons. Okay. And so my first introduction to music was actually playing the harmonica down um, down at Centennial Park, and um, and then I picked up guitar and um, took from Rob Jackson, who also taught Willard who also taught Ford, who also had uh, taught Barton a little bit of banjo too. Uh, oh. So that's an interesting thing. Yeah. The same, same dude played in a great local band called the white animals. Um, and I think my family, I, my dad's mom. So my grandmother was a singer in Florida, kind of like, I, I, I don't think you can even look her up, but then my, great aunt actually wrote a lot of songs for Benjamin Orr from the cars for his solo project. Really? They dated for a while. Yeah. So that's something I found out way after I started playing music was that she was uh, very musical. So that's pretty cool. That is, that's amazing. Um, okay. So and now I'm going back down here in, in order. Willard, where, uh, how did you get into music? Um, I mean, it, I didn't really have a musical family, per se. Um, my uncle had a guitar that I can remember kind of sparking some interest at an early age. But um, I think it was more so just like, uh, uh, like we said earlier, William and I went to kindergarten through high school and everything. And I, it was like around fifth or sixth grade that he started taking guitar and some other people and I was just like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, mm-hmm. we all give that a shot and, you know, never thought that however many years later, I'd still be doing it, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so were you guys close friends? And when she found out that William was playing guitar, you wanted to, you know, kind of join him or play with him. Oh yeah. We played in uh, the sixth grade snack break rock bands and stuff and you know played acdc covers and weezer and you name it and it was great that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome and sam what about you how did, did you come from a musical household i did not actually um so both my parents kind of grew up in the middle of nowhere more or less and uh they didn't really have access to any kind of like school programs that were musical at all so when they had kids they just really wanted me and my sister to be exposed to something like that. So they made me start taking piano lessons when I was probably like five. And uh, I didn't really like it 
um, kind of gravitated towards guitar. So I started doing like, I guess what some of the other guys were doing, just taking guitar lessons young. But then I kept hearing drummers just bang the sh- like the crap out of you can stuff, swear like across the hall. <laughs> what do you say? I said, you can swear, just see. Just oh, okay. yeah. I didn't know. I was about to. I know. That's why I didn't know. Yeah, for that was for you or for this. So you can cuss if you want. <laughs> okay, so they were banging the shit out of, like, whatever across the hallway. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but that looks a lot more fun. So I'm going to do that. Um, and so drumming became more of just, like, a, an outlet for me where I could just, you know, come home after school, let out some aggression and... Um, play along to my favorite like Metallica record or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where it started. I never really thought I'd be in any kind of band that did anything of any substance. You know, I just really wanted to have fun the whole time. Um, and eventually I kind of got a dream of touring and, you know, giving whatever kind of aggression that I loved about drums, like back to an audience. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess why I started playing and in high school and some, you know, garage bands and stuff like that. And eventually just kind of led to boy named banjo. And you joined boy named banjo after you had graduated and everything. So you joined like, um, graduated high school. Yeah. Um, this was, I guess the summer, like in the middle of our, freshman and sophomore year of college in between um when i was chilling at my my ex-girlfriend's house like william said and she was like telling me all about how cool boy and banjo was and how they had a record out and like they put it out in high school and i was like that's ambitious as hell for a high school group to like put out a bluegrass record or americana or whatever like i'd never heard of really like any bluegrass much less like kids enjoying it because what i thought about bluegrass was like oh it's like 80 year old men like chewing tobacco on their porch listening to this stuff you know so i was just intrigued more than anything and that's kind of what led me to walk over there it's interesting because you said you you know you started wanting to bang the shit out of the drums and then you join this this band that really isn't that vibe as much you know what i mean (laughs) yeah not yeah it wasn't back then, that's for sure. Um, I really had to adjust what I was doing. Um, was that difficult? Like I, oh, yeah, that was the hardest part, I think. Um, I really had to consult a lot of people, like my drum teacher. And luckily, um, my father-in-law, but not through my marriage, but um, my sister's husband's dad used to be a professional drummer. Um, oh, wow. And he played a lot of like minimalist stuff that maybe with like brushes or whatever, like what, what a drummer for maybe like James Taylor or like Crosby, Stills and Nash would do, right? Something like laid back um, and more for the song than for the like pure sport of hitting things, right? So (laughs) I talked to him a lot. I brought the whole record that Boyne Banjo had out already to him. And basically, I was like, all right, if this had drums on it, what would it sound like? And we kind of went through song by song and like kind of rewrote things as if there was more of a rhythm section. And it took a while, but I came back to Boy Named Banjo to William Barton and Willard at the time. 
um, with those ideas. And I think they liked me a little bit more after that. Because oh, the yeah. first introduction Put in the was time, right? <laughs> yeah, the, fir- the first time I played with them was quite, quite intense, I will say. <laughs> Especially since it was in Willard's family's basement. We all thought it was the best thing ever. And like just knowing that you had no idea what you were doing in that kind of setting is just hilarious. I love that. I had no idea, man. Zero idea. That's so funny. <laughs> did, did, all of, did, did you guys all go to school aside um, from Ford? Did you guys go oh, to I the same to their, high school? I went to their I mean, college. I meant like, like when you went to college. Um, yeah. Yeah, sort of. Okay. So is that where you kind of, well, you just mentioned that you were at your girl, yeah, ex-girlfriend's house. That's how you kind of came over. But um, you, the, the first record you guys put out was in high school. William, uh, like Barton, you guys all got together. You were playing in high school. Like when did you decide to start Boy Named Banjo? Like how did that all begin? Um, I guess that was like in 2011 maybe. But William and I had been writing songs together for like maybe a year and then we really he plays guitar i play banjo we really wanted a mandolin player and another guitar player and so we kind of stole willard from this other high school band and <laughs> as soon as willard joined boy Na- the group we changed our name to boy named banjo okay it was something yeah you had a different band prior to that yeah yeah so okay. we started playing you know some local gigs and stuff after that and then kind of kept writing and eventually had enough songs to record our first little album before we graduated, which was fun. Yeah. What was that experience like going in there and, and, you know, putting down your songs to a CD? It was, it was a learning experience, you know, um, it was funny though. Cause like we'd be going in there like almost every Sunday, you know, after prom or whatever. And it was kind of a nice escape as a high schooler, uh, just let all those motions out. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, definitely. We learned a lot. Um, Jimmy Johnson, who used to go on tour with Vince Gill as his bass player, he was his band leader for years. He was kind of our producer, along okay. with Gary Schiebler, and they they showed us a lot of things. And it was a great experience at a young age. Um, and then we kind of got that itch, you know, we wanted to keep doing it. Yeah. And was that uh, the the Tanglewood Sessions, was that that album that you guys did in high school or is it the next one after that? Yeah, so that was Tanglewood Sessions. Okay. And then once you put out, long story short, was that once the band kind of formed all together with all of you or prior to for joining still? Right. Uh, that was, I think, well, we were in college then. Okay. Yeah, I long was story short. Record. But yeah. um, I believe Jimmy Johnson played bass on that while he was producing. Yeah, that was prior to Ford joining, but Sam had just joined, and that was the first record that Sam was on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to go out at Fry Pharmacy, mm-hmm. uh, which was a studio out in, was it Old was- Hickory or something? It was by yeah. the lake, but it was an old pharmacy that had you know the tile ceilings and stuff oh wow so it was pretty cool yeah that's awesome and when do you guys start like touring and and when does this kind of become like a full-time thing was that uh around 2017 because it sounds like you were touring and then ford ended up joining at that point were you Uh, guys 
touring as just the four of you for a long time or playing out around Nashville or like what was kind of like the was there like a milestone that you can remember that kind of changed things for you all? Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we had another bass player in that interim period. Um, Abe Scott, um, who Daryl Scott's his dad, the songwriter and musician who's unbelievable. And so we were actually going out and who Willard met him and at UT Knoxville. And we would actually gig on the weekends, like play fraternity gigs or whatever, by senior year, we were gone every single weekend uh, oh. doing the weekend warrior thing. But I would say the first real tour, I mean, that was when we graduated school um, and had Ford and it was, you know, starting to play real venues and stuff. Um, I'd say when we got our van, it's probably when it got serious when we bought a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, did you guys pull your money together? I love hearing the van story. Like, okay, guys, we got to get our money. Together. We're going to buy this van. Like, is, was that was probably the first real big investment in the band? Hundred percent. We had a um, a comically small trailer. I think it was only <laughs> six feet long. Uh, it was like a tiny little cube. And then uh, we bought the van over on Charlotte Pike at um, Bellmead Auto. They do a bunch of like car auctions. So this guy Gary helped us out. I just remember every every uh, week he'd be going to the auction, being like, "Do I get this one?" And like it was so stressful because if you told him to get buy it off auction, you had to buy the van. So um, <laughs> we ended up getting that white van and we, we've uh, sold it since and, and upgraded vans, but uh, that, that thing covered a lot of miles. That's cool. Um, what was the first recording that you played on then Ford? Um, Circles was the first thing I played on. Um, and we started tracking that either in 2017 or 2018. Um, and then it didn't come out for a while after that. Um, but yeah, it's funny. So like when I joined, when I joined, uh, I ran a Barton at a party and it was like, Hey, we're doing this gig. Uh, can you fill in on base? Like, yeah, totally. And so I went and did that. I was like, do you want to do this tour with us? I was like, yeah. So I quit my job and did that tour. I didn't know at the time that that was like the first like real born in banjo tour um where were you guys were you touring uh at like are you guys the headlining band and kind of just going through city to city okay yeah that first the first show on that tour was uh charlottesville virginia and uh it was a sold out show so my first show with born in banjo was like a wow club uh and i thought you know thought we'd made it (laughs) yeah i'm kind of i kind of blanked out so when we when we had abe we had toured a around a year's worth of time i mean we had done some touring um before then but um but yeah ford is where we started you know adding to our team we never had anyone on we had, we didn't have a manager or a really booking or anything like that uh up until joined okay i mean you have i'm with feel for you that song is massive on spotify was that something and that came out in 2018 at least according to this Mm -hmm. was that a song that like blew up and changed everything for you all or like tell me or is that something that came later like what was the success behind that song man Uh, that was just a slow burn you know uh, we put it out in 2018. Ford, that was the first thing that Ford was on. So it's the first thing we put out as all five of us. 
And for that to blow up was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I bet. It was a lot of confidence. But, you know, it's been kind of a slow roll with that song. Uh, people are still streaming the heck out of it. And, you know, just recently in the past year or so, we've started to see more and more people singing the lyrics to that one. So we do have some tricks up our sleeve regarding that, that song to give it some more life coming up here soon. Um, cool. So I can't wait to share that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Circles is at least what Four was saying. That record was started back in 2017. And then like, are you working on the album and then like pandemic happens or like to kind of tell me how, I mean, it sounds like there was quite a bit of time spent yeah. recording that album. No, I mean, we, 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 it really didn't take that long to record. It's just, we, uh, we recorded it in a garage studio with our producer, Oscar Charles, and then it was done. And then we shopped record labels for a year. We got a deal getting the contracts and lawyer shit figured out took another year. Oh yeah. Then that was April, 2020 when that was done. And so then, you know, the entire music industry went on pause for another year. Were you guys like, <laughs> when once you signed that, I mean, obviously you signed a record deal that had to be a huge milestone in the, in the career for you all. Um, but then it's like, okay, it's April. We're in the midst of COVID at that point. I mean, did you guys like, what was, do you have a plan? Like, were you like, okay, we signed this deal, but no one's doing anything. Like what were your minds at, at that time? Yeah, that was definitely very difficult. Uh, I mean, we signed over zoom. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we were laughing. Um, our, press release photo for that is like this like what you're seeing on the screen just <laughs> everyone's little face and That's so amazing. um yeah i remember everyone once we were done with our you know five minute chat everyone started signing off and in the meantime barton was like i'm gonna go get a beer and like he left and then when he came back it was just me and him and like one or two other guys and we were like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of sad. Quite the um, celebration. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we didn't even meet in person with anybody from the label for, for a long time. So what the pandemic caused us to do um, was just keep writing and creating. And wow. Yeah, that's a lot. We're, how do you guys typically write? Is it individually and then you record something on your own and then kind of come together and collaborate on that or is it done all together in a room or it's 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 definitely unique i mean it's barton and i write um pretty much exclusively we write together but we also write for a publishing company uh, a little louder music mm -hmm. uh, but what's what's funny about that is we literally we're we're always in the room together um i mean 95 percent of the time so we'll collaborate with some other co-writers and stuff. Um, but we, unlike a lot of music row writers, we don't like full blown out demos where they've got a lead guitar part and stuff. We like to just put the iPhone down and make it bare bones. And then we take it in that kind of setting that I was mentioning with, with the band and Oscar. And it's like, all right, the first thing, that comes to Ford's mind or Sam's mind or Willard's mind. Um, we start rolling with that. And then the song kind of the band puts their, their fingerprint on it. In other words. Okay. That's yeah. cool. So that's why when you hear a boy named banjo song, 
you know, if you've listened to enough of them, you know, it's Willard Logan on the guitar because he's writing those parts uh, almost every single time. So, yeah. Is that, do you enjoy that part, uh, Willard, like going into it, having that, you know, kind of structure behind the song already? Or do you have riffs that you're like, oh, this might work for this, this piece? Like, how does, how do you come to write your parts? Well, I mean, uh, I think the, the biggest part of that, for all of us is uh, like, like we said, listening to work tapes and stuff and whichever one we hear that gets the five of us and uh, our producer, Oscar, whatever gets us excited uh, Mm -hmm. and we decide to roll with, then at that point it's the ideas just start flowing, whether it's a bass line, a drum part, a guitar line, whatever it is. They all start snowballing uh, kind of in real time when we're in the studio. And that's that's uh, where the magic happens for me, really, is just okay. when, you know, like everybody's chasing the oohs and ahs and the woos in the studio where everyone gets excited at a part when they hear something. Because, I mean, if no one's excited when we're laying the song down, then they're not probably not going to be excited when it's out in the world either (laughs) sure we're just chasing that that energy the whole time we're in the studio together i love that and you have a new one out what keeps me going is the newest song what is uh kind of talk to me uh, about that song and how did that come about yeah uh we wrote that song with pat mclaughlin um who's incredible writer and artist um that song i feel like you know a lot of us um in the, since 2020, 2019, 2020, have gotten married or engaged and uh, spent a lot of time on the road. It kind of gives you a lot of perspective on on life. And so, although the road's fun, um, it's the best job ever. It's also it still is a job. It's still difficult. So, what keeps me going is kind of just about you know. I think everyone can relate to it in the sense that you got to do what you got to do in order to do what you want to do. And to just sit by a lake and hang out and look at the stars and and all that. So it kind of has the mixture of, um, you know, the simple things, the simple pleasures of life. And then, you know, having to kind of put your nose to the grindstone to get there. Um, yeah. Love it. And you guys just played at CMA Fest, so what, last week? Yeah. You did. Was, you know, it was out like. And it was wild down there. <laughs> it's always yeah. wild. Yeah. It's uh, uh you got to burn good. I was just going to say we played Ascend Amphitheater. Uh, yeah, that's a beautiful venue. Yeah, that's like my favorite venue in Nashville to see a show. Uh, I drive, you know, on Korean Veterans, that bridge that overlooks the venue all the time. So I'm always looking at it being like, can't wait to play there again. <laughs> that, was, that was really fun opening up uh, for Cadillac 3. There are some dudes that took us on the road kind of early on. And we love them. So, yeah, we had a great CMA Fest this year. Cool. And you've done, you guys, I saw a video of you playing the Ryman and being all from Nashville, that must have been quite a, quite a moment as well. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty unmatched is playing that stage. That was probably the coolest feeling I've had in this band just because we grew up going to still go to shows there all the time. And it's just kind of a legendary place. Yeah, I mean it's it's such a cool venue, and it just it's 
yeah, like you said, it's like a legendary spot in Nashville to be like, oh, well, you played the rhyme. I mean, that's such a big deal to, <laughs> to say. It's definitely like super nervous before that first show at the rhyme and opening up for the Cadillac guys. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, uh, so it, what keeps me going is going to be on the newest album you have coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely okay. it's it's part of the bigger project. Yeah, very very cool. Um, and I know you have some shows coming up. Uh, you got one, I think, this weekend, right? South Carolina or something. Yeah, we're driving to Charleston tomorrow. Um. And then straight on back home after that. <laughs> yeah, I guess some scattered shows that looks like throughout uh, the next few months into September. That's from what yeah, I saw. Yeah, like every weekend until like August. And then we're taking August off, I think. And then hitting it hard again in the fall. Exciting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you all doing this today. Thank you so much, especially getting you all on the call. Um I have one more question and I want to get an answer from all of you individually, if that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Uh, if y'all are still uh, thinking on it, I can, I can go. Um, man, I, yeah, go I would say for, for an aspiring artist, um, one thing, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but you don't have to come to Nashville to do music. Um, I say that, because the gauntlet of Nashville, it's, it's a monster, you know, it, and I think the thing that happens in Nashville the most is you, you kind of get told what you need to be. And so I would say for, for an artist, be yourself, find out who you are. Um, I think there's this new resurgence of just authenticity coming out of the music industry right now. And it's amazing. Um, there's, there's always room for something new and fresh and, uh, so do what you know and be yourself and uh, yeah, grow your base wherever you're at. It doesn't matter where you are. You can, you can start building a fan base and write, write, write and play, play, play. Love it. Who's up next? I love that, I love that you said uh, be authentic. Cause I think that's probably the most important thing you can do um, outside of just making great music, which is what I think my, Biggest piece of advice would I would say is just, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in the the business side of everything and uh, chasing those goals you have there. But, you know, I would say just keep your focus on the music and woodshedding and, you know, just making it incrementally better however you can. Yeah, love it. I agree with everything y'all said. Um, the only thing I guess I could add to that is just don't let your ego get in the way of your art and your career. Like, I don't know, just put your nose to the grindstone, be humble. I know a lot of people that get to the point of signing a record deal and they celebrate and they think, you know, they're the best thing that ever happened. And then they kind of lose that grinding attitude and nothing happens beyond that. And that's kind of where you just get started. At least for us, you know, we're still we're still in the van. We're still grinding. Um, we're hum we're humbled every day. We're humbled. Yeah. <laughs> I heard somebody say that when you get the deal, it's like you you you've moved from like the little kid table at Thanksgiving to the big table, and now it's like, what can you do here? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, I guess my, yeah. My my advice would just be to listen 
to as much stuff as you can all the time, regardless of if it's in your genre or not in your genre, if you like it, if you don't like it, just like the, the more influences you collect along the way are going to be what makes you, you as an artist. Whereas like, you know, if you're trying to be a country artist and the only thing you listen to is Brad Paisley, like that's great, but Brad Paisley is already Brad Paisley. We don't, you know, we don't need another one. We need whoever you're going to be. And so listen to weird shit all the time and and you never know when you're going to hear something and be like, oh, I can add this there to make this part of what my art is, our art is. So Very cool. What about you, Sam? Yeah. That's so that true, man. Um, to piggyback off of that, you know, you want to like always be looking around at things, um, you know, other artists around you, but something, I I don't know if you just said this, Spartan, I don't think you did, but Barton all the time will say um, anytime we're getting down about anything that's not going our way in the industry or whatever, he says, comparison is the thief of joy and uh, kind of sets us back focusing on ourselves. And I think that that would be a piece of advice that I'd give to really any artist, because it's so easy to just look around and be like, well, this person's doing this, man, they're playing this venue. I like, why aren't we there? Blah, blah, blah. And if you really focus on yourself and to wrap in Willard's point, just focus on the music and being authentic, then those things will come if they're supposed to come, you know? So comparison is the thief of joy. I, I really like that saying. <laughs>